Hello and welcome to the Bullet Points Industry Minute, your inside pass to the business of fun. I am Chief Journalist and Journalist-in-Chief uh, Reed McCarter. Just got back from a great big conference here in uh, sunny Ontario, Canada, where I was looking at some new IP. Um, things are looking good out there. I don't want to say too much more right now. I want to just get right into the show. Um I'm joined, as per usual, by my associates, uh, Astrid Budgor. Hi, Reed. Hi, hi, Astrid. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, I too was. Listen, uh, not a lot of time. Not a lot of time for introductions <laughs> today. We have a lot of ground to cover. A lot. You're of right. You're right. Cover. There's a lot of business happening out there. So let's get to it. Uh, Ed, uh, Ed Smith, our next guest over in um, the EU region. Not for long. Ed, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. I've been checking out new IP in uh, Bhutan. Yeah, how's the how's the IP you're looking at doing? The Bhutanese market is looking strong. Well, that's great. I'd love to hear more, but again, we don't have time for anything. Time is money, and money is time. Uh, we're here, as you know, um, to give you the inside scoop uh, that that we get access to as gaming journalists, as people with their fingers right on the pulse of the marketplace um, to talk about what's new and to sort of tell you what you should know about it. You know, talk about the kind of news that matters to you, the gamer. Um, we're talking money. Let's not let's not beat around the bush here. Uh, first story we have today is uh, Fortnite. Any, anything any of you have to say about massive, Fortnite? massive property. Ed, are you familiar with Fortnite? Uh, I'm familiar with it in terms of figures. I'm familiar with it as a phenomenon. I know that it's disrupted the market, and I'm excited to see how much more it's going to disrupt the market. I hear that the latest move by uh, d a developer Epic is, is is really looking to shake things up. Is that right? That's right. This is um, something you know. We've seen this a few times before, but never, uh, never this kind of brand synthesis on a product. Um, of the scale as Fortnite, which as yeah. Ed, Ed, I really like the way you put it, phenomena. I think that's a good term for it's this. It's a phenomenon. It, it, Fortnite is, is definitely a it's, it's a huge improvement over its predecessor week. I'm looking forward to the sequel uh, month, but for now <laughs> Fortnite is, is really, really really shaking things up. Yeah. Well, and it's a, it's a strong showing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It is. Thank you for uh, making sure to uh, remind us of that. Um, also, I, I don't know if this is a little bit outside of our wheelhouse. We usually don't talk about uh, the world of film, of cinema, um, but Avengers Affin Infinity Ward. Am I, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Avengers Infinity Ward. <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is, as we know, it's the, the latest in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, which has been doing quite well. Yeah. Uh, probably, my, probably my favorite cinematic yep, universe. Yeah, yep. revolutionized the art of cinema. You know, before Iron Man in 2008, nobody gave a shit about movies. And then Marvel no, came no. along and was like, listen, we're going to flip this whole thing on its head. And now look at it. Infinity Ward is uh, the biggest movie in the world of That's all time. Right. In Infinity War. Not, not uh, you were thinking of the late great uh, money makers over at Infinity Ward, which is oh yeah, well that would be you know, 
a lucrative crossover as well. But um, yeah, it, what have we strong got? Strong showing from Infinity Ward. <laughs> what what have anyway, we got in Fortnite, Reed? Yeah, we've wasted enough time here setting the stage. I think everyone's yeah, where's the numbers? Fortnite and Avengers Infinity War. Uh, so a, a brand new mode coming with these two brands crossing over uh, for a limited time mashup, I believe it's being called, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, in which uh, the giant purple um, Th- Thanos, uh, who is pictured here with a very big fist, uh, is coming to Fortnite. Uh, so in a, an Avengers character is going to appear in Epic's Fortnite now, obviously, this is big. This uh, is massive. Astrid, what do you what do you think about this? I, you know, I think this is just really somehow they managed to do this without, you know, selling either camp short. You know, the Infinity War fans they get what they want, and the Fortnite fans get what they want, and you don't even have to pay to access this mode. You know, it's really selfless on the part of epic i think and you know marvel to let their ip be used like this and not get anything in return it's just sort of an open-hearted act yeah it's a real gift i would say yes i i I think it's a strong showing and i i for one i'm really looking forward to thanos uh coming on fortnite with his giant fist um what i am worried about what concerns me i mean they're trying to they're trying to disrupt the market here right Mm -hmm. um but as you pointed out astrid this is this is something they're giving away for free Mm. now if we put our business heads together uh i'm not sure that giving things away for free is necessarily the best way to move units well you're not wrong but you do have to remember here that Fortnite is a uh, a freemium product. You know, this is the new paradigm. This is something uh, that is smart. You you remember last year there was that game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds that was quite big, but now Fortnite has has replaced it essentially by being mm. uh, freemium. You know, um, so instead of paying your twenty dollars, maybe just a lot smarter just to make it free. You know, get people in there, get them seeing this this big fisted Thanos. Well, get them used to him. I don't think this is about the money. You know, I think this crossover is about giving something back. You know, I think well, it's about returning something to the community. Well, then, is it smart? No ulterior motive. It is smart because it shows that uh, Epic is a company with a heart. You know, they're not just a soulless corporation out here to sell you something. They want to give you something that you will love. Freemium, that's a combination of the words free and neodymium, as in the chemical. And what I I like about those games is that they do have uh, a a sort of atomic property, if you like. Um, Fortnite especially, as I say, it has disrupted the market in in the nuclear sense. Um, It's blown it apart. It's mutated it. It's reshaped it. Now, I just want to make sure that everyone at Epic, uh, very talented team, very talented team, strong showing from Epic every time. I want to make sure that they're capitalizing on on that on that nuclear uh, uh, annihilation that they've that they've wrought. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so much more to say about this story, and the, yeah, I, yeah. I, but I think we have. We have some even bigger news, if that's, uh, if you can even imagine 
<laughs> Let me just wipe the sweat off my brow here. Go yeah. on. So we have uh, we have some sales numbers, which um, you know we all love that shit because when it comes down to it, this is about who's made the better product and who has sold the most units of that product. Mm-hmm. So we've got Hello Leak from uh, Electronic Arts, um, which suggests that the PS4 is outselling the Xbox One two to one. Hmm. I could have told you that. Well, yeah, I mean, the PS4, far and away the better product, but, you know, the market is not always the best judge of quality. You know, Xbox has a more gamer-friendly aesthetic, I think. PS4 is a bit, you know, social justice-y. Um, they're a little, you know... Well, hip. That, shit you know, doesn't, you s- that doesn't sell as as well. But, you know, maybe it does because they've moved almost 80 million units to the 30 million Xbox Ones. Well, I was going to yeah. say, Astrid, I know you like to try to bring a, sort of a, a human touch to these stories sometimes, but I, I've always said to you both that the market will decide what's right. And I think, do you, you remember back at that uh, E3 um, we were sitting in the front row and the three of us groaned remember when Microsoft came out and they said uh, always online I, I believe were the words oh that's used. right yeah that was and they uh, lost they lost right then and there yeah they that lost. was it you could feel it and mm-hmm. it just became Sony's generation to win and I mm-hmm. think uh, once once you get that advance it's it's hard to go back you know and yeah. now, but do you think that the the PS4 outselling the Xbox One two to two to Xbox One, do you think that could be connected to Sony's uh, uh, choice to uh, for every PS1 that they sell, uh, sellotape another PS4 to it? You know that was that's something to consider, and that's a bold move. And you know I've talked to my investors who uh, have come to me and. I mean my uncle um, and and he was worried when they announced that they were going to start doing that and I said yeah. I, don't, I don't I think it's fine I think that's um, just a savvy way to get the get the figures get the stats on your side they're moving units no one can argue with that right uh, it's it's a strong showing I'm just worried that uh, by 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 you know selling two consoles for the for the price of one, yeah, it's attractive to consumers. Yeah, it's putting them in front in this horse race. But I'm just worried that they might be undercutting the product, right? Because if you're getting two every time you buy one, I mean, I've got I've got sixteen now, and if you're getting two every time you buy one, doesn't that in like your psychologically doesn't that lower the value? I mean, I don't no, want to get not, too much into no, like emotions not, here. Not at but, all. Think of think of socks when you buy socks. You know, mm-hmm. you get two. You're not going to go and buy a sock. You're going to buy two socks together. It's the same with PlayStations. Yeah, I think it, it was... And people still was, like getting socks for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. it so was a gamble. season, good showing for Sony. There's, there's mm. no question that they gambled on the PS4 in every possible way. But I think what they were doing, you know, there's a little phrase we like to use in the industry. Um, I don't have time to explain it, but we all trust the invisible hand of the market, right? Mm. That's right. And so they just, you know, they did what they wanted to do. And they trusted that it would work itself out at the cash register. And it has, in a big way, I think. 
What do you think? What do you think Microsoft could do now to counter this? What could they do? I mean, they could sell well, take two Xbox Ones to every Xbox One they sell, so you're getting three. Right. Yeah. Well, one thing I was I, thinking. I, I call it the is, Xbox Cubed. Sorry, carry on. Well, that's. I. I think that's. You can't discount that idea, and that's something they should investigate. Depends on how much of a, you know, would that make it a loss leader? Would you mm. be losing money on that? But maybe it's worth mm. it. You know, you move the software. And I think it does come down to the software. When you look at, um, you know, over the last little while, uh, Sony has uh, created on their own uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, um, um, God of War, these, mm. these Uncharted 4. And everything you hear about these studios is the healthy working environment. Yeah. And, oh, they, no, sorry. I mean, it's... Just, I, I meant the unhealthy working environment, and I think if Microsoft took a page out of their book and really just, you know, worked, just started seeing the people not as people but as chattel, as um, mm. as resources to be ruthlessly exploited until the entire mine collapses. Yeah, the software would get better. Yeah, you'd move the units three three taped together or just one. I don't think it matters at that point. Yeah, they need to. I don't think there's anything wrong with you know passion for what you're doing. And that's what Sony's developers have, you know, they they'll call their they'll they'll call their families and say, you know, uh I won't be home for the next sixteen days because we have to revamp the first the first weapon in the game. And you know, they mm-hmm. they do that because they want to. They want to create mm-hmm. the best product possible and they work in an environment where there's just you can't accept anything less than perfection. And so that is what Sony has. And Microsoft, you know, the, the, the vacation days, paid time off. Mm. It just mm-hmm. see that I I think that's true. I think when I play a, a a Sony or a PlayStation exclusive, I'm playing it. And I'm sitting there thinking, yes, I can I'm I can tell that children were neglected to make this better, and that to me yeah, you know improves my enjoyment of the game yeah so much. If I if I if I know that long-lasting psychological trauma has been vicariously inflicted on loved ones that really quality speaks for itself yeah well you can you can see it the emotions are more real it's it's Mm. just a more compelling yeah i mean god um, of war the uh it's sort of a surrogate all these designers designing a game about being with their children and it has all the love and care that they would have been putting into those relationships had they been home but instead, they were making one of the best right. video games of the year. So you know, what is it? What's what's better? And, and, and you that's, can, a, that's 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 a, a a father that we can all enjoy. Yeah, that's that game. God, yeah, yeah, that that's mm-hmm. absolutely correct. I well, you know, E three is just around the corner, so I, I imagine we'll see some more about yeah. this. we'll be Maybe there too. Bit. So we'll be there front row again. If yep. if mm-hmm. uh, if anyone, if Microsoft slips up. We'll be the first to let you know. They, they will, but okay. You know how it I'm, is. I'm waiting to find out where Nintendo is in all of this. Uh, well, you know, they're in it for fun, so we don't have to talk about them right now. Well, one of the things, I, I, I you know, speaking of E3, like you say, it's just around the corner, uh, and uh, one of the uh, companies that we've already talked about, which is the, uh, Electronic Arts, that uh, a game that we'd expect to see at E3, I'm sure, is the next installment in the flagship E3 franchise, which is Battlefield, and there's been some speculation 
doing the rounds today about Battlefield 5 and whether or not it's going to include a mode for single players. Now, they dropped, uh, I think Treyarch announced that they're dropping single player from their Black Ops 4 because they said that nobody who plays video games is single. And I think EA are looking to capitalize on that by providing something for single players. And uh, I've, just got a, I've just got a quote here from one of their execs uh, that, that, that was in the, um, uh, doing the bulletins today. And, and the, the executive says, um, with Onyx Battlefield game, the team at DICE is bringing the intensity of combat to life in new and unexpected ways. Uh, we're going to do single player. You can't stop us. And if you try to, we'll fucking kill you. So I think that they're really adamant about getting single player into the game because they're trying to... That sounds out, like it. That's that passion I was talking about. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that as well as that that passion being something that we can maybe relate to on a... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, human level. Uh, mm. I, I think that that passion is also highly marketable. Well, listen, I, I think one thing that may be interesting to talk about here because uh, EA Dice is a is a Swedish developer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Ed, you live in Britain, uh, if that's correct. And I live in Canada. And so I kind of want to throw this to Astrid because she's an American. And I know that the single player debate is really hot in the headlines there these days. So Astrid, do you have any thoughts about this? I mean, you know, my first thought when they dropped single player from Black Ops 4 was that they were going to do a Battle Royale mode, which... Uh, I don't really know how games are coming out without a Battle Royale mode at this point. They're just leaving money on the table. Absolutely. Mm. So I think if Battlefield Five is talking about a single-player mode, maybe what they mean is a Battle Royale mode. Because that's mm. the kind of, like... You know, if they don't get on it now, they're going to be behind the curve. And I think the Battle Royale trend... You know, there's still there's still blood in there. You can still do something with that, you know? It adds value to the game. It's sort of a halfway point between single and multiplayer. They got their zombies thing in uh, Black Ops 4, I'm sure. It's a big seller. And then Battlefield 5, you know... <sighs> do any of us go to Battlefield for single player? Mm, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they need to be committing resources to that. Maybe the, the one wrong move. Th- it could be the wrong move because what I think about here is I think, you know, there are a lot of shooters that are going to come out in Q4, as always, in that rush to the holidays. And that's I think the about, best time of the year to release something. I, that's a little bit of industry wisdom for you. Yeah, well, I mean, it keeps us busy, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, th- I think about this and I think maybe uh, EA has a bit of an advantage here because a Battlefield 5 with a single player component um, maybe you can install it discreetly so you didn't have to to bother with it if you don't need it but that makes Call of Duty Black Ops 4 look uh, sort of like a lesser package you know it makes it look like um, sort of depreciated sort of sort of B tier, sort of lower grade. And and yeah, if Battlefield 5 can do single player and battle royale mode, I think we're in a whole different ballpark. But the thing is, Reed, what you're forgetting there is that although they might cut single player, they might offer 
different varieties of pre-order. You know, they might offer different packs, different versions. Now, I remember that in previous installments, e.g. Modern Warfare 2, you could pre-order the game and receive with it a free pair of night vision goggles. Now, I'm wondering if, in order to shore up the value loss by cutting single player, they might offer some other pre-order incentives on Black Ops 4. Now, I, I wouldn't want to speculate what those might be, but it could be, um, I don't know, uh, it could be night vision goggles again, it could be uh, several magazines of live, live ammunition, it could Hollow be a point. desk, it could be, it could be a really, really nice mantelpiece clock, it could be, um, it could be, you know, uh, to pick something, you know, it could be a hamper with, uh, with uh, straw champagne yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and nuggets, I don't know. But if they're willing to sort of take some imaginative leaps and say, look, we're not offering single player, but if you pre-order this game, you will get a collection of antique watches. I think that might be attractive to some consumers. Do you think that moves the needle enough, though, for the average gamer to have... You know, uh, let's talk. Let's talk brand synergy again. Maybe a, a Funko Pop AR-15 that you could put yeah. on your on your shelf as you play multiplayer. Is that enough? Is that enough? Because these cinematic uh, story modes that they do, you know, some say there's glorified tutorials, but what 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 if they released a Funko Pop single player mode? So it was a statuette of mm. what the single player mode would have looked like. So it's there, and you've got it but also you've not had to pay for it and you don't ever use it. How about the, you know, they, I'm pretty sure they own the folks who made Unravel and they could probably make a a cute uh, sort of indie market, uh, which would be a good play to combine the AAA and indie markets, a Funko Pop adventure of these guns, you know, sort of fighting each other in stop motion. Gunravel. Gun, <laughs> gun, gun, ra- unravel. Yeah, I mean, unravel was a massive hit for EA. Um, was it? Did it move? Did it move units? Yeah, it moved an insane amount of units. Um, I don't have the numbers, but uh, it was a lot. Um, I saw it moving some units out of my yeah. window one day. <laughs> so it was sort of that uh, bespoke, independent aesthetic that uh, was also from a big studio. So you know, it wasn't shit. Um, it had the money there to do it right. And so I think the, putting that team on some kind of tie-in, I think, would be a really smart move. Yeah. Well, once what again... What I want are, are independent games with with none of the pers- personality, voice, spirit, or uh, uniqueness yeah. of independent games. Yeah, you know, I want independent games that are AAA games. Yeah. Only smaller. Only I want independent games that are AAA games, but smaller, and and cheaper, but also with everything I'd get from a more expensive game. But also that's got a character in it who is analogous for something. Yeah. That, yeah, and that that to me is how you achieve parity yeah. with some of the emerging independent studios. Yeah. They need to put uh Yarny 
who, you know, at this point is basically a mascot for EA. He's one of the most beloved characters in video games. Everyone remembers Yarn. Yeah, they need to put him in a in a tactical vest and have him... Oh, that would be adorable, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Put him in a tactical vest and call him Yarmy, as in <laughs> uh, Yarny and Army. <laughs> little, little charcoal smudges beneath his eyes. Like, yes. Now that to me is how they're gonna win Q4. Yeah, that that needs to be happening. So. That would be a strong showing. <laughs> All be, right. I think that broke me actually. So this may be uh, <laughs> just picturing a little yearny mm. with uh, you. You wouldn't see actually the fresh blood on him because he's made of red yarn. Right. So mm. it would be safe for children as well. I think you could really slide that past the ESRB and get mm. sort of a family-friendly yeah. Battle Royale. I think this we is a great play for EA, and I would not be shocked if we see something similar come out at E3 in a few weeks. Mm. I yeah, think that's so going to do it, too, yeah. Time yeah. to tell. What yeah, more can yeah. we discuss, honestly? Well, uh, there's al- there are always stories. That's true. There's always stories, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, so I mean, I, I'm hearing rumors that in order to corner the market this holiday season, now I mean, I, I don't want to talk about this this episode. You know, maybe we'll discuss this in the future or just between ourselves. But obviously, Astrid, as you pointed out, Q4 is a great time to release games. You got Christmas. Right? Christmas is you a big Christmas. holiday. Mm. Christmas is a big holiday, and everyone buys games uh, for Christmas, and you you see all the major developers releasing their flagship titles around that time. Now. Obviously, that makes the market during that period very competitive. But what I'm hearing, and this is maybe something we'll bring up next time, I'm hearing rumors that Ubisoft, in order to corner the Q4 market, rather than just releasing one or two or three of their flagship titles, they're looking to release uh, uh, 1.6 million different games in, in between October and November. Um, and I, I think that that's you know that's the kind of like bravery and, and very sort of blue bold. sky thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, and all, the interesting thing about that is that they're all going to be on one disc. Well, it's games as a service, which is I, mm, yeah, as we've discussed. And and who knows? Maybe uh, is it time for a new Star Wars this this Q four? Because we could slap Han Solo in those. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, you know. We'll, we'll have to keep our ears to the ground. I just see something coming in over the newswire here that uh, they've announced uh, uh, Battlefield 7. So I should go write that up. Uh, uh, Astrid, thank you very much for joining me. Where hey, can people find you for you. more industry insights? Um, I write for uh, Variety.com. Uh, Ed? Thank you again for. Uh, I know it's quite late there, and I'm sure yeah, you have that's, a. That's, hey, the news didn't stop. <laughs> uh, where can people uh, find you if they want more of your insight? Well, you can always find me at uh, you know the cons, and you're you're welcome to come up and say hi. Uh, but if you're interested in some more opinion analysis insight, you can go to my blog, which is um, despairgames.com. Okay, thank you. And uh, as always, I, uh, I'm Reed McCarter, and I write for the CBC, the BBC, CNN, and Fox News. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us. I hope that uh, we've covered all the news that you were hoping to hear. And join us next time for another edition of the Bullet Points Industry Minute, your inside pass to the business of fun. <laughs>